Section 10 of The Great Events by Famous Historians, Volume 6. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Avai in March 2011. The Great Events by Famous Historians, Volume 6. Edited by Charles F. Horn, Rossiter Johnson, and John Rudd. Section 10 founding of the mongol empire by genghis khan a d 1203 by henry h Howorth, part one the origin and early history of the mongols are very obscure but from chinese annals we learn of the existence of the race from the sixth to the ninth century in regions around the north of the great desert of gobi and lake baikal in eastern asia the name mongol is derived from the word mong meaning brave or bold chinese accounts show that it was given to the mongol race long before the time of genghis khan it is conjectured that the mongols were at first one tribe of a great confederacy whose name was probably extended to the whole when the power of the imperial house which governed it gained the supremacy the Mongol Khans are traced up to the old royal race of the Turks, who from a very early period were masters of the Mongolian desert and its borderland. Here, from time immemorial, the Mongols had made their home, leading a miserable nomadic life in the midst of a wild and barren country, unrecognized by their neighbors, and their very name unknown centuries after their kinsmen, the Turks, had been exercising an all-powerful influence over the destinies of western asia but at the beginning of the thirteenth century arose among them a chief genghis khan the very mighty ruler whose prowess was destined to lead the mongolian hordes to the conquest of a vast empire extending over china and from india through persia and into russia who and what this mighty ruler was and by what achievements he advanced to lay the foundations of his empire are told by Haworth, not only with an authoritative fidelity to history but with a literary art that is no less faithful in its appreciation of oriental character and custom among the men who have influenced the history of the world genghis khan holds a foremost place popularly he is mentioned with attila and with timur as one of the scourges of god one of those terrible conquerors whose march across the page of history is figured by the simile of a swarm of locusts or a fire in a canadian forest but this is doing gross injustice to genghis khan not only was he a conqueror a general whose consummate ability made him overthrow every barrier that must intervene between the chief of a small barbarous tribe of an obscure race and the throne of asia and this with a rapidity and uniform success that can only be compared to the triumphant march of alexander but he was far more than a conqueror alexander napoleon and timur were all more or less his equals in the art of war but the colossal powers they created were merely hills of sand that crumbled to pieces as soon as they were dead with genghis khan matters were very different 
he organized the empire which he had conquered so that it long survived and greatly thrived after he was gone in every detail of social and political economy he was a creator his laws and his administrative rules are equally admirable and astounding to the student justice tolerance discipline virtues that make up the modern ideal of a state were taught and practised at his court and when we remember that he was born and educated in the desert and that he had neither the sages of greece nor of rome to instruct him that unlike charlemagne and alfred he could not draw his lessons from a past whose evening glow was still visible in the horizon we are tempted to treat as exaggerated the history of his times and to be sceptical of so much political insight having been born of such unpromising materials it is not creditable to english literature that no satisfactory account of genghis khan exists in the language baron d'ausson in french and erdmann in german have both written minute and detailed accounts of him but none such exists in english although the subject has an epic grandeur about it that might well tempt some well-grounded scholar to try his hand upon it genghis khan received the name of temujin according to the vocabulary attached to the history of the yuan dynasty translated from the chinese by hyacinth temujin means the best iron or steel the name has been confounded with temurji which means a smith in turkish this accounts for the tradition related by pakimiris noviri william of ricebrock the armenian hayton and others that genghis khan was originally a smith the chinese historians and sanang setsen place his birth in 1162 rashid and the persians in 1155 the latter date is accommodated to the fact that they make him seventy-two years old at his death in twelve twenty-seven but the historian of the yuan dynasty the kangmu and sanang setsen are all agreed that he died at the age of sixty-six and they are much more likely to be right mela says he had a piece of clotted blood in his fist when born no bad omen if true of his future career according to the gain karacha nevian was named his tutor sanang setsen has a story that his father set out one day to find him a partner among the relatives of his wife the olkonods and that on the way he was met by dai setsen the chief of the konkurats who thus addressed him descendant of the kayots and of the race of the borcheks whither highest thou i am seeking a bride for my son was his reply dai setsen then said that he recently had a dream during which a white falcon had alighted on his hand this he said borchik was your token from ancient days our daughters have been wedded to the borchiks and i now have a daughter named borti who is nine years old i will give her to thy son she is too young he said but temujin who was present urged that she would suit him by and by the bargain was thereupon closed and having taken a draught of komis and presented his host with two horses gisuge returned home 
on his father's death temujin was only thirteen years old an age that seldom carries authority in the desert where the chief is expected to command and his mother acted as regent this enabled several of the tribes which had submitted to the strong hand of hisuge to reassert their independence the taichuts under their leaders terkutai named kiriltuk that is the spiteful the great-grandson of hemukai and his nephew kurul bahadur were the first to break away and they were soon after joined by one of Yisuge's generals with a considerable following to the reproaches of temujin the latter answered the deepest wells are sometimes dry and the hardest stones sometimes split why should i cling to thee temujin's mother we are told mounted her horse and taking the royal standard called tuk this was mounted with the tails of the yak or mountain cow or in default with that of a horse it is the tau or tu of the chinese used as the imperial standard and conferred as a token of royalty upon their vassals the tartar princes in her hand she led her people in pursuit of the fugitives and brought a good number of them back to their allegiance after the dispersion of the jellers many of them became the slaves and herdsmen of the mongol royal family they were encamped near sarikihar the saligol of hyacinth in the district of ulagai bulak which doson identifies with the ulengai a tributary of the ingoda that rises in the watershed between that river and the onon one day taguchar a relative of chamuka the chief of the jajerats was hunting in this neighborhood and tried to lift the cattle of a jeller named yusi termeli who thereupon shot him this led to a long and bitter strife between temujin who was the patron of the jellers and chamuka he was of the same stock as temujin and now joined the taichuts with his tribe the jajerats he also persuaded the yuduts and nujakins the kurulas and inkirasas to join them temujin struggled in vain against this confederacy and one day he was taken prisoner by the taichuts terkutai fastened on him a keng the instrument of torture used by the chinese consisting of two boards which are fastened to the shoulders and when joined together round the neck form an effectual barrier to desertion he one day found means to escape while the taijuts were busy feasting he hid in a pond with his nostrils only out of water but was detected by a pursuer named surgan Chiré. he belonged to the suldus clan had pity on him took him to his house hid him under some wool in a cart so that his pursuers failed to find him and then sent him to his own people this and other stories illustrate one phase of mongol character we seldom hear among them of those domestic murders so frequent in turkish history pretenders to the throne were reduced to servitude and generally made to perform menial offices but seldom murdered they illustrate another fact favors conferred in distress were seldom forgotten and the chroniclers frequently explain the rise of some obscure individual by the recollection of a handsome thing done to the ruler in his unfortunate days 
another phase of mongol character namely the treachery and craft with which they attempt to overreach one another in war may be illustrated by a short saga told by sanang setsen and probably relating to this period of temujin's career it is curious how circumstantial many of these traditions are at this time he says Bukechilger of the Taichuts took a pitfall in his tent and covered it with felts. He then, with his brothers, arranged a grand feast, to which Temujin was invited with fulsome phrases. Formerly we knew not thine excellence, he said, and lived in strife with thee. We have now learned that thou art not false, and that thou art a Bogda of the race of the gods. Our old hatred is stifled and dead condescend to enter our small house temujin accepted the invitation but before going he was warned by his mother braid not the crafty foe too lightly she said we do not dread a venomous viper the less because it is so small and weak be cautious he replied you are right mother therefore do you kassar have the bow ready belgute you also be on your guard you chachikin see to the horse and you utsuken remain by my side my nine orlocks you go in with me and you my three hundred and nine bodyguards surround the yurt when he arrived he would have sat down in the middle of the treacherous carpet but utsuken pulled him aside and seated him on the edge of the felt meanwhile a woman was meddling with the horse and cut off its left stirrup Belgute, who noticed it, drove her out, and struck her on the leg with his hand, upon which one Buri Buke struck Belgute's horse with his sword. The nine Orlocks now came round, helped their master to mount the white mare of Toktanga Taishi of the Korchins. A fight began, which ended in the defeat and submission of the enemy. Once more free, Temujin, who was now seventeen years old, married Burte Jujin. He was not long in collecting a number of his men together, and soon managed to increase their number to thirteen thousand. These he divided into thirteen battalions of one thousand men each, styled Gurans, each Guran under the command of a Gurkhan. The Gurkhans were chosen from his immediate relatives and dependents. The forces of the Taichuts numbered thirty thousand. With this much more powerful army, Temujin risked an encounter on the banks of the Baljuna, a tributary of the Ingoda, and gained a complete victory. Albugazi says the Taijuts lost from 5,000 to 6,000 men. The battlefield was close to a wood, and we are told that Temujin, after his victory, piled faggots together and boiled many of his prisoners in seventy cauldrons, a very problematic story among his neighbors were the jajerats or juriats the subjects of chamuka who according to de goin fled after the battle with the taijuts one day a body of the jajerats who were hunting encountered some of temujin's followers and they agreed to hunt together the former ran short of provisions and he generously surrendered to them a large part of the game his people had captured this was favorably compared by them with the harsh behavior of their suzerains, the Taijut princes, and two of their chiefs, named Uluk Bahadur and Tugai Talu, with many of the tribe, went to join Temujin. 
they were shortly after attacked and dispersed by the taichuts this alarmed or disgusted several of the latter's allies who went over to the party of temujin among these were chamuka who contrived for a while to hide his rancor and the chiefs of the suldos and basiuts their example was soon followed by the defection of the barins and the telenkuts a branch of the jellers temujin's repute was now considerable and the maila tells us that wishing to secure the friendship of podu chief of the kielie or ikilies that is the kurulats who lived on the river ergon that is the argun and who was renowned for his skill in archery he offered him his sister termulun in marriage this was gladly accepted and the two became fast friends as a sign of his goodwill podu wished to present temujin with fifteen horses out of thirty which he possessed but the latter replied to speak of giving and taking is to do as merchants and traffickers and not allies our elders tell us it is difficult to have one heart and one soul in two bodies it is this difficult thing i wish to compass i mean to extend my power over my neighbors here i only ask that the people of kielie shall aid me temujin now gave a grand feast on the banks of the onon and distributed decorations among his brothers to this were invited siche bigi chief of the bergins or barins his own mother and two of his stepmothers a skin of kumis or fermented milk was sent to each of the latter but with this distinction in the case of the eldest called kakurshin katun it was for herself and her family in that of the younger for herself alone this aroused the envy of the former who gave sichir the master of ceremonies a considerable blow the undignified disturbance was winked at by temujin but the quarrel was soon after enlarged one of kakushin's dependents had the temerity to strike belgute the half-brother of temujin and wounded him severely in the shoulder but belgute pleaded for him the wound has caused me no tears it is not seemly that my quarrels should inconvenience you he said upon this temujin sent and counselled them to live at peace with one another but siche bigi soon after abandoned him with his barins he was apparently a son of kakwashin katun and therefore a step-brother of temujin about eleven ninety four temujin heard that one of the taijut chiefs called muchin sultu had revolted against magadu the kin emperor of china who had sent his chinsang prime minister wan jan xiang with an army against him he eagerly volunteered his services against the old enemies of his people and was successful he killed the chief and captured much booty inter alia was a silver cradle with a covering of golden tissue such as the mongols had never before seen as a reward for his services he received from the chinese officer the title of jout ikuri written cha u tulu in hyacinth who says it means commander against the rebels according to rashid on the same occasion tului the chief of the kerites was invested with the title of wang king on his return from this expedition desiring to renew his intercourse with the barons he sent them a portion of the tartar booty the bearers of this present were maltreated 
Myla, who describes the event somewhat differently, says that ten of the messengers were killed by Siche Bigi to revenge the indignities that had been put on his family. Temujin now marched against the barons and defeated them at Tulan Buldak. Their two chiefs escaped. According to Myla, they were put to death. In 1196, Temujin received a visit from Wang Khan, the Kerite chief who was then in distress. His brother, Ilka Sengun, better known as Jagampu Keraiti, had driven him from the throne. He first sought assistance from the chief of Karakitai, and when that failed him, turned to Temujin, the son of his old friend. Wang Khan was a chief of great consequence, and this appeal must have been flattering to him. He levied a contribution of cattle from his subjects to feast him with, and promised him the devotion of a son in consideration of his ancient friendship with Yisuge. Temujin was now, says Myla, one of the most powerful princes in these parts, and he determined to subjugate the Kiedye, the inhabitants of the Argun, but he was defeated. During the action, having been hit by twelve arrows, he fell from his horse unconscious, when Bogorchi and Burgul, at some risk, took him out of the struggle. While the former melted the snow with some hot stones and bathed him with it so as to free his throat from the blood, the latter, during the long winter night, covered him with his own cloak from the falling snow. He would nevertheless have fared badly if his mother had not collected a band of his father's troops and come to his assistance together with Tului, the Kerite chief, who remembered the favours he had received from Temujin's father. Myla says that returning home with a few followers, he was attacked by a band of robbers. He was accompanied by a famous crossbowman named Tsu, to whom he had given the name of Mergen. While the robbers were within earshot, Mergen shouted, There are two wild ducks, a male and a female. Which shall I bring down? The male, said Temujin. He had scarcely said so when down it came. This was too much for the robbers, who dared not measure themselves against such marksmanship. The Merkets had recently made a raid upon his territory and carried off his favorite wife, Burte Jujin. It was after her return from her captivity that she gave birth to her elder son, Juji, about whose legitimacy there seems to have been some doubt in his father's mind. It was to revenge this that he now, in 1197, marched against them and defeated them near the river Munche. A river Mansin is still to be found in the canton Karasmuren. He abandoned all the booty to Wang Khan. The latter, through the influence of Temujin, once more regained his throne, and the following year, 1198, he headed an expedition on his own account against the Merkits and beat them at a place named Buker Gehesh, but he did not reciprocate the generosity of his ally. In 1199 the two friends made a joint expedition against the Naimans. This tribe was now divided between two brothers who had quarrelled about their father's concubine. One of them, named Buyuruk, had retired with a body of the people to the Kitziltash mountains. The other, called by Buka, but generally referred to by his Chinese title of Taiwang or Taiyang, remained in his own proper country. 
it was the latter who was now attacked by the two allies and forced to escape to the country of kem kemjut that is toward the sources of the yenisei chamuka the chief of the jajarats well named sachan or the crafty still retained his hatred for temujin he now whispered in the ear of wang khan that his ally was only a fair-weather friend like the wild goose he flew away in winter while he himself like the snowbird was constant under all circumstances these and other suggestions aroused the jealousy of wang khan who suddenly withdrew his forces and left temujin in the enemy's country the latter was thereupon forced to retire also he went to the river sali or sari guksu serak the Naiman general went in pursuit defeated wang khan in his own territory and captured much booty wang khan was hard pressed and was perhaps only saved by the timely succor sent by temujin which drove away the Naimans. once more did the latter abandon the captured booty to his treacherous ally after the victory he held a kuril tai on the plains of sari or sali to which wang khan was invited and at which it was resolved to renew the war against the taichuts in the following year the latter were in alliance with the Merkits, whose chief Tukta had sent a contingent, commanded by his brothers, to their help. The two friends attacked them on the banks of the river Onon. Rashid says in the country of Onon, that is, the great desert of Mongolia. The confederates were beaten. Teruktai Kiriltuk and Kuduhar, the two leaders of the Taichuts, were pursued and overtaken at Lengut Nurameng, where they were both killed. Another of their leaders, with the two chiefs of the Merkits, fled to Burkuchin, that is, Burgusin on Lake Baikal, where the fourth found refuge with the Naimans. This victory aroused the jealousy of certain tribes which were as yet independent of Temujin, namely the Kunkurats, Durbans, Jelairs, Katakins, Saljuts, and Taijuts and they formed a confederacy to put him down we are told that their chiefs met at a place called aru bulak and sacrificed a horse a bull a ram a dog and a stag and striking with their swords swore thus heaven and earth hear our oaths we swear by the blood of these animals which are the chiefs of their kind that we wish to die like them if we break our promises the plot was disclosed to Temujin by his father-in-law, Daisetsen, a chief of the Kunkurats. He repaired to his ally, Wang Khan, and the two marched against the confederates and defeated them near the lake Buyur. He afterward attacked some confederate Taichuts and Merkits on the plain of Timurkin, that is, of the river Timur or Temir, and defeated them. Meanwhile, the Kunkurats, afraid of resisting any longer, marched to submit to him. His brother, Juji Kassar, not knowing their errand, unfortunately attacked them, upon which they turned aside and joined Chamuka. End of section 10